Welcome back to Beyond Strength and Endurance Training Talk. As always, I'm head coach Kyle Holman. Today we are going to look at the best process to effectively build your skills. So things like pull-ups, toes to bar, handstand push-ups, fill in the blank with whatever you are looking to do there. There is a best practice plan to efficiently build these. And it takes patience, to be honest with you. Uh, but what I see a lot is people continually just hopping up on the bar and uh, f- flailing around or constantly whipping the shit out of themselves with a rope in an effort to get double unders. That is not going to, uh, or is not the best way to get those skills. I mean, think about it. If I was just trying, if I had a you know a deadlift uh, goal of wanting to get 405, let's say, that would literally be like me walking into the gym every single day, just putting 405 on the bar and just trying to pick it up. Um, would that work at some point? Uh, maybe, <laughs> but there is definitely a more efficient and effective way to get there. So we're going to talk about how to do that with your skills. Let's get going. There is not a single drill in the world that will help you if you don't have the strength to begin with. A lot of people search online or asking their coach, things like that. And those are awesome things to do uh, when you're trying to get these skills. But there is no drill that's going to allow you to get that first rep if you do not have the strength to get that skill. In our accessory plans, we have certain strength markers. Uh, To give you an example, in something like pull-ups, if you can do a bent-over snatch grip row in a very strict fashion with 75 to 80% of your body weight, you now should have the strength to do a pull-up. Uh, in a 200-pound individual, that would mean you would need to do that snatch grip bent over row with at least 150. Even if you do that test and you're only at 100 pounds as a 200-pound individual that you can do, at least you know where you're at. I think sometimes anybody that's tried to build skills or, or been working on skills, I'm sure somebody has told them at some point you need to get stronger. And, and yes, that's good advice. You need to get stronger. But how strong do I need to get? That can cause people to give up uh, a lot because people could be building their strength for three months, six months, a year, and still can't get that pull-up. If they have no objective numbers to look at to know how close or how far away they are, that can cause a lot of frustration and cause you to give up on it. The other thing it allows you to do is attack this from two angles. I mean, nutrition should be something that you are looking at to improve uh, your overall strength and fitness. If you lose weight, so if I go from a 200-pound individual to a 190-pound individual, then that snatch grip bent over row now drops to 145. So you can attack this from two angles to get there quicker. But to reiterate, the the thing we're talking about here is you can waste so much time looking for this magic drill that does not exist to get you this movement if you do not have the strength. So we must build strength. Uh, I have a huge strength background, so I always lean on strength very heavily. But look, there will never be a time where you will be like, man, I was just too strong, right? I mean, there's never going to be a time where you're like, man, if I just was weaker, this would have gone better for me. I mean, it's, it's not a thing. So when all else fails, you can always build strength and keep piling on strength. That requirement that I mentioned, you know, that 150 uh, for a 200-pound person, that is the bare minimum requirement. So we're going to talk about it more, but man, now your technique better be flawless if you're going to get that rep because you have just reached the bare minimum requirement. Um, but that is something that will help you at least know, okay, well, I, I do have the strength now, um, and now we can move on to that next phase. All right, so now we have the strength. Now it is time to start looking into some drills. So if I am working on that pull-up or muscle-up, now I can start getting on the rig, working on that kip swing, 
You know, if it's a ring muscle up, I can get over on those rings, start working on that transition up and over. These drills will now help you get it because you are strong enough to do it. Uh, so that is the most important thing in this phase is now that we've got that. And I would continue to build strength in this phase. So while you're working those drills, don't stop working on your strength. Because once again, as I mentioned previously, if you just have the bare minimum requirements, your technique is going to have to be flawless in order for you to get that muscle up because you have just reached those bare minimum requirements. So while we're working on these um, drills to get the movement, continue to get strong. Um, and we're really looking to get our first rep. One rep here is all we're trying to get. You have the strength. Now we're implementing drills to get that very first rep. Congratulations. Got your first rep. Now what? <laughs> um, this comes up a lot. People will get their first rep and now it's like you automatically want to, in a workout or a Metcon or whatever, try to do that now. Um, you got that first rep with a lot of hard work and now trying to think that you're just going to start adding more reps to that while you're in a state of fatigue, right? When we're in a wad or something and there's running or burpees or box jumps or anything that's coming before this skill we're trying to do, uh, that's tough. I mean, think about it. If you were trying to increase your strength, let's say, and you were back squatting, if you always did, you know, a bunch of assault bike calories or burpees before you tried to back squat, probably not going to go too well for you. It's the same thing here. We've got our first rep, but this first phase is we need to now start to add volume, add more reps under a state of no fatigue. So 10-minute EMOMs are great for this. If I got my first pull-up, can I now do every minute on the minute for 10 minutes, one pull-up? And yes, that one pull-up is only going to take you two or three seconds, and you're going to have a lot of rest. But that is the point of this phase is we need a lot of rest so we can accumulate volume. So after that 10 minutes, you've now done 10 pull-ups. The next time we do this EMOM in the first five minutes, can we do two pull-ups? And they don't necessarily have to be strung together at this point. It can be a pull-up, come off the bar, do another pull-up. But if we do first five minutes, we do two reps. The last five minutes, we do one rep. Now we've accumulated 15 total pull-ups. The next time we do this, can you do two pull-ups every minute on the minute for 10 minutes? Now we've accumulated 20 total pull-ups. If you keep on that phase, so next time we try to do three for the first five minutes and then two for the last five minutes and the next time we try to do all three, so on and so forth. I would recommend building this up to at least five that you can get in the minute. So that would be 50 total pull-ups. And look, I understand uh, some people might have just laughed at that with 50 pull-ups, but reiterating that this takes time. This could take a month, three months, six months to build to that level. You have to have patience when building these skills. Anytime you try to jump the gun and immediately start throwing in a workout when you have not properly built it, you are just going to get frustrated. Um, and a lot of times have to take a step back now. So stay on the cycle and build those pull-ups up. We need to, uh, our muscle-ups, toes to bar, anything like that, obviously. But we need to do it with a lot of rest so we can get the skill efficiently, get that technique dialed in, and then from there, we will work on stringing reps together kind of in the same building format. But once again, in this phase, building skills under no fatigue. All right, so we've built up some skills under no fatigue, getting a lot of rest and becoming efficient at that. Now it is time to start introducing some fatigue in the matter. Obviously, when we're doing a workout, there's going to be fatigue. You're going to be breathing hard. Your heart rate's going to be up. So we need to simulate that and build skills in that fashion. And this first uh, fatigue phase, it needs to be general fatigue, basically just meaning we're increasing your heart rate. You do not want to pick something in this phase that is going to fatigue the muscles that you are about to use. So if we use something like pull-ups 
or a muscle up, rowing would not be something that's utilized in this phase to increase your heart rate because you're also fatiguing your pull, which we're just not ready to do yet. So if we were working on muscle ups or pull ups, let's say something like burpees or running or an assault bike, those are going to elevate your heart rate. And now let's see how well we can string those reps together. So it would be that kind of same fashion. It could be a 10 minute EMOM or every two minutes, something like that, let's say, where I'm doing 10 to 15 calories on the assault bike, and then I'm working on stringing my pull-ups or muscle-ups together. So we're just increasing that heart rate, adding some fatigue in it, and now seeing how well we can do it stringing those reps together. All right, now we're ready for that second phase of fatigue. And now it is specific. So I mentioned in the previous one, not using rowing uh, before something like pull-ups or muscle-ups, but now is the time to do that. So rowing is something that can increase your heart rate and fatigue your pull. Now, how are we going to do at something like pull-ups or muscle-ups? Using something like burpees before we do handstand walks or handstand push-ups. In this phase, we are now ready for that because we are in that, that would be fatiguing the core and the shoulders before we are going to do something like handstand push-ups or handstand walks. Same thing I mentioned earlier. It could be a 10-minute EMOM every two minutes, every three minutes, whatever it is. Uh, but now we are, you know, let's say doing 10 to 15 burpees and then doing handstand push-ups. Or um, maybe we're doing something like GHDs before we are doing a handstand walk or even toes to bar. Or even sit-ups before we're doing toes to bar. We are purposely trying to fatigue the muscles that we are about to use and now seeing how well we can string reps together. Uh, this is going to have the greatest carryover into a Metcon or Watt. At this point, it doesn't mean uh, in the previous phase and this phase that you can't add these skills in a Metcon or a Watt, it just needs to be probably lower reps at this point um, because you're just not quite ready for the, the bigger reps or, or longer workouts with it. Um, so in this phase, once again, now we are fatiguing the specific muscles that we are about to use as well as increasing your heart rate before we work on stringing those reps together. Summarizing everything here, as I mentioned at the very beginning, it takes patience. If I told somebody right now that fill in the blank skill, let's say it's a muscle up, in two years, I guarantee you'll have it. There'll be a lot of people who'll be like, oh my gosh, like two years, I, that's, that's too long or they, they don't want to do that. But here's the thing. If that two-year time frame was uh, legitimate and it, and it was 100% guaranteed that that was going to happen in two years, if you start just going without going through this progression and you just hop on the bar and just start flailing around and trying to get that first rep. Maybe you chicken wing and get one and then now you're trying to put it in workouts and you can only get a couple, then you fail, then you fail, and then you're getting frustrated. If all that took three, four weeks to do all that, then from that point that we first started talking, now your time frame is two years and four weeks. So you just pushed it back. So I know it's hard to have patience sometimes but if you, if you go on the right path of this progression and take the time to build things properly, then you will get where you want to be and be able to just hit the ground running and have so much more fun when you get to that point. Um, building these skills this way is, is for good reason. When you start getting into higher rep sets, it's just a world of difference than these small sets. Let's take something like Murph when you get into that, that middle section after the run of 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 squats. Doing that straight through... A lot of people can understand, but I don't know if you fully understand the world of difference that is from breaking that up, let's say, in the typical uh, strategy of Cindy, 20 rounds of 5, 10, 15. Your pull is getting a rest while you're pushing and squatting. Your push is getting a rest while you're squatting and pulling. 
People underestimate that. You start doing 100 pull-ups straight or 200 push-ups straight or 300 squats straight, that fatigue is building up and it starts to get very, very difficult now. So taking the time to build, you know, getting the strength first, then getting that first rep, then building it under no fatigue, then building it under general fatigue, then building it under specific fatigue. If you make it through that whole process and have the time and the patience to build that up, you will be able to start to do a lot uh, better in workouts and, and more fun workouts. You might progress from that Cindy format, which, hey, is a great accomplishment in and of itself. If you can do Murph that way, that's awesome. But you can actually progress towards doing that workout straight through if you have the patience to build it. So there's always got to be a progression and plan to everything you're doing. Uh, stay the course, have patience, keep showing up, be consistent, and we'll see you in the trenches.